What does it mean to be really good with yourself? And how can you be okay with being alone? Hi, welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And today we're diving into a listener-suggested topic, the idea of being alone. And how can we make being alone Okay. In this case, for this listener, it means being single. It means sort of recognizing for herself that she can't be dependent on a relationship in order to have the life she wants and to be the person she wants to be. She has to be able to stand in her own truth, live her own life, make her own choices without depending on a man or a man's approval in order to get the life she wants. So that's the work she's currently doing. And she tossed it to me as a topic suggestion. For me, what it kicks up as I think about the conversations I want to continue to have on the show is the intersection of mental health and mindset when it comes to business. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things that happens a lot of times in the business space is that particularly for solopreneurs and online business owners, they are looking to take a break from their mental health. Many business owners are creating businesses or aspiring business owners or creating businesses because managing their mental health and their regular every day um, is too hard in a structured nine to five with the requirements that are placed on us with the pressures and the expectations. So it's really easy you know, at first glance to start an online business because we can set our own hours and we can say when and we can say where and we can say how much. But then, you know, what we ultimately learn is wherever we go, there we are. And that that is actually where people usually find me and hire me to get, you know, sort of finally past their past and so they can get on with running their businesses. Um, but I also think that one of the things that really appeals to people specifically about online business ownership is a little bit of what I was talking about the other day when we were talking about online communities. But that's the idea of that, you know, that audience building time, that relationship building period of time, that so much of that is a vanity metric. So much of that is, you know, people engaging with us and interacting with us and giving us the good old fashioned or new fashioned, as you might call it, thumbs up sign of approval, of appreciation, of you know, sort of recognition. But what happens for business owners and what happens for people who are struggling with being alone in the codependent way that, you know, is sometimes talked about in the mental health space is that we put so much emphasis on approval, excuse me, from other people that we don't focus on approving ourselves. We're so focused on whether or not other people deem us worthy, our ideas valuable, our services worthwhile, or how we are in the world um, to be, you know, inspiring or helpful or whatever. Like you can use the examples I'm laying out for you today in your personal lives as you think about your interpersonal relationships. But I'm also really convinced that you can use this in your business as well as you think about lead generation, 
how, you know, dependent you are on your audience for their approval and rather than your own approval. So I think it's worthwhile to do an examination. I know that today's letter writer is specifically writing from a personal perspective, but I also don't want my business owner listeners to be tuning out today because I think there's value in this for you, even if you feel like you've got your relationships on point. Because what we're really talking about is developing a better relationship with ourselves. You heard me talk, you know, in recent episodes about the role of self-acceptance, knowing who we are and how we move through the world and what sets us up for success and what we need to feel rested and what we need to feel connected to be aware of those things so that we can make sure that we're you know, incorporating those things into how we're living our lives and how we're running our businesses. Some people move through the world in such a way that what they think doesn't matter to them. They want to know what everyone else thinks. They don't particularly like themselves. They don't particularly value themselves. And so they build themselves up on the compliments, the attention of other people. And when they don't get those compliments, when they don't get that attention, when they don't get that validation, they have nothing to lean on and they start to deflate. You know, a couple of months ago, I think it was, we all had a day on social media where Facebook and Instagram were both down on the same day. And I think half the people lost their collective minds not being connected to social for such a short period of time. And it really illustrated for me how connected we are on a dependent level to what other people think. So how do we get to the place of valuing our own opinions and our own point of view? It comes down to the other thing you've heard me say on the show a lot when it comes to self-acceptance, knowing how we like our eggs. I always steal that scene and that line from Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride. Richard Gere says it to her and says, you don't even know who you are for crying out loud. You don't even know how you like your eggs. Because I think at some point, some people have either built businesses or themselves up based on what other people have had to say, oh, you're really good at this. You should do that. You've heard me talk on the show that I always wanted to be a nurse, but people decided for me that I wasn't very good at science and I wouldn't be able to get through the coursework and I should stick to social work. So we all are, you know, sort of vulnerable to the court of public opinion from time to time. Some people become particularly vulnerable. Sometimes that's because of their family upbringing, how they were raised, how their parents led them to think about themselves, how others sort of pivot adults in their lives. Sometimes I think kids, when their you know, brains and their beings haven't fully developed, they incorporate different stories and not only always the most functional stories into their being for how they you know, should move through the world and what it means to be successful in the world, etc. So for whatever reason, sometimes people come to the table not knowing how to simply sit at the table when no one else is there. And it starts with figuring out what 
in who you are and how you move through the world, regardless of what other people think. When people can't be alone, it's one of two things. They don't like themselves and it's low self-esteem and they're filled with guilt and shame. So they're looking for somebody else to rescue them and erase from that story. Or, you know, they look toward themselves and who they want to be and how they want to move through the world. And they find a relatively kind of like blank slate. They don't really know because the only way they've made decisions is what other people think. So when somebody says, what would you like for dinner? It's, I don't know. What do you want? Um, somebody says, what movie do you want to see? Whatever you want to see is fine. You know, not having an opinion. So, so much of learning to be alone and standing in your truth, being authentic, knowing who you are is being curious about who you are, what you think, what your opinions are, what your values are, what you like to do, what you hate to do, what makes you crazy and sort of knowing your quirks with open acceptance. You know, I was just um, my best friend was in town um, recently, and I was just sort of repeating the story of how the weekend went. And I, you know, I said like, oh, I was like, it was so great. I took her to all these places. I've always wanted to be with my girlfriends here in California. And then there's this moment and I just started leaking from my eyes, like, you know, like, because I was crying. And, you know, and I said like, that was so typically me. And it really is so typically of me to be so filled with happiness and so filled with joy to just just start crying. So I know that about myself. I can accept it or not accept it. It's not going to make it any less true. But if you know who you are, what you think, what your opinions are, what your values are, what's important to you, because when you don't know those things, it is really hard to be alone and to sit with yourself on a scary day. So you want to spend time being curious, reading books, exposing yourself to new opinions. You know, this is an awesome place for therapy. This is really good fodder for a good, strong therapist who can help you sort of sort this stuff out and help you sort of look at, well, where did you give up your opinion? Why did you give up your opinion? And who are you now? And what are your preferences? And what do you choose to really start to know yourself? Because otherwise, it feels like you're when you're by yourself at a table, it feels like you're sitting with a ghost. The second part to this, and I think that, you know, people have heard me say this on the show before, because I, I've made reference to the fact that I really enjoy being alone. And I, you know, um, one of the worst days ever was when my husband did his last 24 hour on call shift of his entire career. And I realized I was never going to get a 24 hour break again because I just love having the house to myself and eating cereal for dinner and watching what I want on TV and taking up the whole bed without being accountable to anybody else. And I, I must have messaged this on, I mentioned this on a show or something because I've gotten a lot of letters about it since. But like so much of it is recognizing that like you can be alone, but you don't want to be alone. And I think sometimes this is really important for business owners to think about, to recognize 
recognize that you are going to choose solopreneur. You are going to choose to own your own business, to have a personal brand, or for you in your personal life to, you know, partner up and to get married. But because you want to know that you can, and then it's okay for your preference to not be, that you are always going to be somebody who partners up, or you are always going to be um, somebody who wants to be in a steady monogamous relationship. Because I think there's a difference between learning to be alone and wanting to be alone. And it is okay if your preference is to be coupled up, to be in partnership, to be one with other people. That is a perfectly normal, healthy desire to have. But it becomes unhealthy when you're incapable of being by yourself because then the choices you make are usually dysfunctional and they don't get you closer to the life or the business you want. So one of the things that I used to do when I was a therapist and I was working with folks on codependency or now when I'm you know, working with business owners who are finding themselves less productive because they're constantly moving to the online community space to have that interaction with people. You know, I say like you have to schedule the alone time and schedule the connection time because just because you have to be alone for a little bit, just because you have to sit with loneliness doesn't mean that you have to sit with loneliness forever. Doesn't mean that you have to, that proving that you can be alone means you have to be by yourself for a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday we are people who are meant to be in community with other people. So schedule when you are going to be alone, schedule for yourself what you're going to do, and then also schedule your together time because that is, you know, going to make for such a more balanced life. And I think what ends up happening, and I know that this has happened because I've been the therapist to direct it, is I've been the therapist who tells the client, like, you can't date right now. <laughs> like, whatever you do, you are not allowed to go on a date because you, my friend, are a serial monogamous and your next first date is going to be your next <laughs> committed relationship, right? But that doesn't mean you can't go out with your friends. It doesn't mean that you can't get together with a group of people. You can't engage. But no, don't go searching for one-on-one -on -one intimacy with anybody right now because you are in a vulnerable state and you can't rely on yourself to make good choices. But if you make choices with an awareness of who you are, because you've spent time getting to know yourself and you know what your values are and you know what your needs are, then when you engage with people, either personally or professionally, you are able to take a seat at the table to say, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what I need for us going forward in order to be successful. And then you get to suss out the people you're talking to to see if those are people people who are willing to meet your needs. And by the way, that is not the script to use. People will tell you where to go and how to get there if you're like that demanding and that direct. But you want to be able to quietly know that for yourself so you can assert it for yourself in the conversation because you do need to know who you are, how you move through the world and what your preferences are. And in order to have any kind of good, solid partnership professional or otherwise, you do need to be able to communicate that message. You know, the other piece to this is recognizing that while you're doing this, 
you are going to make mistakes. And I think there's this funny thing that happens for people who, you know, struggle with the loneliness on the loneliness spectrum or, you know, schedule or sort of struggle with being alone. I think on some level, I, the word that's coming to mind, I know it's the wrong word. I want to say demonized. And I, I know that's not the right word, but like you're almost treated as though you're incapable of making any kind of healthy decision for yourself that like, because you made all all of these bad, um, you know, you've, you've sort of placed your bets on the wrong people. You've had interactions with people who take you for granted, who abuse you, who treat you poorly. You then can't be trusted <laughs> to know what's right for you and what's good for you. So part of the process of being alone, of trusting your gut, of being really good with who you are is testing it. And you can only test it by making mistakes, by, you know, sort of hedging your bet and betting on the wrong person putting yourself out there, getting to know people. Because I think that the risk is for people who struggle with being alone is they rush in, like they, they just, they go in with blinders on and they don't ask any questions and they don't stop at the door. They don't check where they're going. They're just so desperate for a different level of connection that they, you know, they don't take care of themselves. So what I like to see people do is slow the reintroduction. I didn't say that word right like the the reintroductory experience the 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 meeting of someone new the meeting yourself where you're at whatever you want to call it treat that slowly don't rush into these huge committed interactions like get to know someone figure out you know i say this on the show all the time when someone shows you who they are believe them but you also connected to that have to give them time to show you it's not always going to be evident on the first date when everybody's worried and focusing on first impressions. So, you know, commit to really getting to know somebody over a period of time and commit to letting someone get to know you over a period of time. The biggest mistakes people do when they finally get connected and they start to like somebody, and I see this all the time in business, the number of times people just, and I know that sometimes it's a professional hazard that comes with my job, but they like, you know, we have one good chat online and suddenly I'm hearing all their history. And my husband would tell you that happens all the time. When this happens to me on planes all the time, people hear what I'm doing and suddenly I'm hearing like life stories. So now my husband's like, just tell them you're a marketer. <laughs> tell, them, tell them you're a salesman. They'll never want to talk to you and they'll, they'll shut the conversation right down. I heard Brene Brown on her special the other day. Yay, Brene, for having a Netflix special. But anyway, I, I digress. She said that when she doesn't feel like peopling with people, she just tells them that she is a shame and vulnerability expert and that shuts it down. But so often when people are struggling with being alone, they like want intimacy so fast. So they say, this is everything you need to know about me. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is, and I am going to be so in your face about it. What I really encourage people to do is to slow that truck down to slowly back away the beep 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 that they make when the trucks back up and to move in slowly to give someone a piece of yourself to see what they do with it how carefully they keep it how carefully they respect it give the person time to show you who they are so you can believe them before you give them more because so often people get burnt personally and professionally because 
because they go all in after a good first impression when maybe the person is only good at delivering a good first impression. And so what I really encourage folks to do is to slow it down. Let you let people know get to know you slowly so you can build trust in them, but also my friends so you can build trust in yourself because this work isn't easy. It is draining. It is exhausting. You know, you've all heard me share the story. I, th- I think I shared it sometime at the beginning of last year, or maybe even at the end of the year. Uh, last year was 2018. Maybe it was even at the end of 2017 when I shared the story of my best friend and I who are no longer best friends. And I, you know, after that, my heart was so broken and I was so sad and I was so devastated that I kind of made the decision like, that's it. I currently have a good number of friends. I don't need any more. I'm not going to make any new friends because like, I'm good. And, you know, then uh, my friend Anna kind of came into my life and um, she was, you know, she was a spitfire and a half and she wasn't having any of that. So I had to sort of let her in, but I had to let her in slowly. I had to let her get to know a little bit of me, know a little bit of her and not just like go all into best friendships. And yes, now she's my best friend, but like that, that, that takes time. Um, And you get to know somebody slowly, particularly if you've been hurt because you do have to learn to trust your judgment again. You do have to know who you are and how you move through the world. But the commitment to self-awareness, to trusting yourself is not going to happen overnight. And the only way you do that is by hedging and making the wrong bet a time or two. So it's about being compassionate. It's about holding the whole picture, recognizing that on an issue like this, it took you this long to get into the forest. It is going to take you that much longer to get out. So you can't solve like a a lifetime problem that took you 22 years to be this way and not expect that it's not going to take you a, you know, a hike and a half to get out. Like hopefully you can do it in less time. But if you go that deep in, it is going to take you a while to take that walk out. And so making that commitment to yourself, being compassionate, finding understanding of like, how did you get to this place? Because we don't get to this codependent place on accident. It's usually because we've been hurt. We haven't been exposed to healthy relationships. We haven't been led accordingly. So we need to do that work, that trauma work and do that processing so we can understand ourselves, show ourselves some compassion, get to know who we are now that we've done that work, and then slow the train down as you reintroduce yourself to other people. Um, This is totally one of those discussions that I would not be able to cover in any amount of depth depth in a single solitary podcast episode, but I do hope I've offered a helpful frame for you guys to think about. This is also one of those topics where a specific question on where you're struggling in your life or your business and how it would play out for you. If you send it in to me, I will gladly do a follow-up on your particular situation. Anybody who's listening, that's a, you know, a equal opportunity call out there. Or if there's a topic on the show you want me to dig into deeper or you have a question completely unrelated, the best pod comes from the best questions and I would love to hear yours. Thanks so much for sitting with me and having this hard conversation. This isn't just like the, you know, the snackable candy kind of chat. This was real good, deep, hard work. Thanks for sitting in it with me and I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.